Welcome to the Provost Perspective. My name is Patrick. This podcast is dedicated to the opinions, thoughts, and experiences of my wife, Carolyn, and I's journey through marriage, children, and life as a whole. While the topics we discuss may be varied, we will do our best to orbit around marriage, relationships, love, and family. Welcome again, and we hope you enjoy. Alrighty. So for this evening, uh, I found a list of most common things uh, that lead to broken marriages, oh, um, okay. like divorces, right? Like the top 15 or 20. I don't know how many is in the list. Okay. doesn't really matter. Um, so we've been, we've plugged to play, plugged away at a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one being boredom. Uh, the other one being, um, actually, no, I think that's the only one we've ever actually talked about. Um, the, this one I thought we'd talk about is, uh, financial issues. Because it's like the number one on like everybody's list, right? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, infidelity is probably up there too. Because I don't think these are ranked in order of precedent for usage. I just okay. think that they're common ones, right? Financial issues is a common one. Okay. Um. So, I thought we'd start with giving our perspective, right, uh, on how we approach finances, because we've had our struggles in the past. Oh sure. Um. Not everyone starts out a millionaire. No, not at all. And, and you're not. You don't really want to either, right? No. You want to. Um, well, I mean, I suppose everybody wants to start a millionaire. Most people don't, right? <laughs> I feel um, it benefits you to not. Yeah, I feel like marrying into money has its own set of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, and that is kind of bundled in the financial issues conversation, right? Um, and here's for like for me, from my perspective, right? If I were the man and I had a multi-million dollar business and you married into it, there's always going to be that thought that you married in because of the money. Because of the money, right? Yeah. And that causes other issues too, right? Like are you it becomes it causes resentment, it causes insecurities, it causes all other things. Um which I'm not saying is the wrong answer, right? But those are conversations that need to be had beforehand. I think if you have a lot more money, the conversation of a prenuptial agreement needs to come up. And if it yes. does come up, that causes its own issues, right? Like, cause people are like, course. Oh, you don't trust me. Or you think I'm only marrying you because of your money and blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, kind of bundled up in the financial issues, um, part of it. Um, but I think the one they're most talking about here is you're in times of economic strife, right? Yes. I think it's pretty pressing given the situation the world's in right now. Um, you know, we're, we got to live through the 2008 housing crisis recession yes. thing um, and actually got together just on the backside of that when the economy was still kind of dog shit. Um, right. And now it looks like it's going back that way. But Because uh, why not? So what are your thoughts on financial issues and marriages? And I, I swear we're going to say this <clears throat> every single podcast, every single conversation, every time we talk to another couple, all the time. But I think the biggest problem people have with their finances is lack of proper communication. Because sometimes you'll have a position where you've got one half of the relationship spending too much money and the other one not knowing about it. And then when they have to pay bills, they're wondering where all the money went. Or one that's say it's the man that works and the wife who stays home and the husband says you can't spend this money without my permission because I'm the one earning it and then you have that kind of uh, issue going on Um, or 
two people working and, well, I'm bringing this much money in. How come you're spending more than blah, blah, blah? There's so many things that come into consideration with that. But if you just sit down and have those conversations about this is how much money we have coming in every month, regardless of who makes it. This is how much needs to go out for bills. This is what we're going to do with the rest of it. And you have to agree on that stuff. If people aren't willing to have the tough conversations about money and how you're going to spend it and how much you think you have and how you should save, you're going to run into a lot of problems. And if you don't agree and you move forward without a solution, you're going to have fights, you're going to have anger, you're going to have resentment. It's a never-ending cycle. So I think you're, you're primarily talking about like budgeting and management of money more so than anything i feel like that plays a huge part in financial struggles and marriage i i agree uh you know i think that's uh, where I think it falls apart from our experience and the people that we've talked to i think that's true mm-hmm. but i think that uh aside from the budget the budgetary stuff right mm-hmm. um the stuff that is more of a concern i feel like is like the traumatic life stuff right like you lose a job and that causes money strife, and then that causes... I feel like financial issues is rarely ever truly the reason that a, converse, that, a, that a relationship fails, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the relationship was probably failing before the financial issues. If something like this could cause... And if your relationship fails because of budget issues, there's probably other things going on, Absolutely. right? Um, I'm not going to say it's necessarily infidelity, but... There's definitely a lack of trust, definitely a lack of communication, definitely a lot a loss of relationship maintenance, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we, you know, going back to the the previous one or tying in the previous thing that we briefly touched on, which is the marrying into money, right? Yeah. If you marry me when I'm making six digits a year, and then all of a sudden I lose my job and now we're not making that anymore, you've grown accustomed to a lifestyle mm-hmm. that is supported by a six-digit um, income, and now that lifestyle can't live anymore. You can't support it anymore. It's you're, You have to change everything about your life in a way that you weren't expecting, you know. I, I don't know. I can see how there's a lot of people who would struggle with that, right? You're not necessarily that type of person, and I'm not necessarily that type of person. But I, I, I can see where a lot of people would be like, hey, I got in this relationship expecting X, Y, and Z, and now we have A, B, and C. Like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I got into it. Right. Again, it's the motivations behind the relationship piece, but I can see where that could dramatically affect, um, the stability of a relationship. Not that it can't be worked through. And the argument maybe could be made that it should be worked through. Absolutely. Um, but I can also see where people are coming from and that's, that's a, a significant life event that they now have to try to work through. And chances are good that if that's the the camel on or the straw on the camel's back so to speak you didn't maintain the relationship as effectively as you could have or should have right or you may have married the wrong person well see and i don't think there's necessarily more likely the case but i don't necessarily i don't necessarily think there's a right or wrong person to marry right i i i I guess I can't say that either. There is, right? Like you should find the person that fits you, but there's no reason why you can't grow into the type of person that your partner needs you to be, right? And I'm not saying char- change yourself to fit your partner, 
but you should mature mm-hmm. together in the relationship to a point where these major life issues, instead of looking at it as, well, we hit a bump in the road, it's time to quit. It's okay. Well, we hit a bump in the road. How do we fix it? Right? Not not how do you fix it, but how do we fix it? So I feel like I don't know. I feel like this is where a lot of my biases come out. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay an example on the table. So um, I have slight experience with this because my grandmother um, married my grandfather was decently well off. He wasn't rich by any means, but he had good thing going for him, very stable job. They could afford a nice house, and she was really excited to marry him because he was in a position that put her in a good position. Mm-hmm. However, shortly after they got married is when he got sick and uh, was diagnosed with I can't even pronounce whatever it was that he had, but it was the severe deterioration of his bones and something else to the point where he was, he couldn't walk anymore. Osteoporosis? Uh, it was something else. Fibromyalgia? Uh, see, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Uh, doesn't way, really matter. Long time, he died when I was 14. Um, anyway, so because of this, he couldn't work anymore and lost his job. And it became, there was only so much he could do. So it after a while, he was just playing piano for the church, and they didn't make a whole lot of money, and so my grandmother had to try to pick up the pieces where she could, and that's not the life she wanted. She was very, thought very highly of herself, thought she deserved uh, a certain status in life, and now that she wasn't going to have that, she was very displeased with it. So over those years, before she divorced him, um, there was a lot of built-up resentment, and how dare I have to have this life and how dare you get sick and yeah so and I honestly I believe that's one of the instances where he married the wrong person because she definitely married him for the wrong reasons and it wasn't out of pure love at all I mean I think she cared for him but she was it was very easy for her to instead of turning to a place of okay i have to learn how to deal with this get some help and take care of you because i love you and i married you it was a um i don't want anything to do with you anymore situation and divorced him because he couldn't give her the life that she wanted now yeah i i I get i mean i see your point i see your argument Mm -hmm. right i absolutely do um and that could be taken as a sign of character flaw but i also i would I see the argument as, um, you know, there's going to be some resentment in that kind of situation, whether it's it's out of a position of malice or whether it's just, I guess it would be different if I resented the situation, but not the person. Mm-hmm. You know what that makes sense? And sometimes people misread resentment of the situation as a resentment of the person. And I also understand the fact that there's, you have an expectation in your life that is no longer being met, that can be bittering to some people, and I get that argument. But I'm also a bit of a cynic, and I don't necessarily believe in pure and true love from all aspects. <laughs> Thank you. I just don't. Like, it's so much of that is bullshit, because it doesn't exist. Not really. Not really. You can have an immediate connection with somebody, but it takes hard work to get a relationship and to get a marriage to function through trial and tribulation. Yes. And that's the argument that people are struggling with is 
they're not willing or don't know how to put in the work to get through those shitty things, right? Absolutely. Now, it was expected of your grandmother's generation that you would marry into a life that you wanted Mm -hmm. because it wasn't common or expected of women to create the life that they wanted. Not like it is nowadays. Mm -hmm. In today's world, it's much more expected that the individual stands on their own merits and you do the work that's required of you to make your life successful, regardless of what dangles between your legs or doesn't, depending on who you're talking to, right? Um, But, you know, back when your grandma got married, I'm assuming it was probably, what, the 40s or 50s, maybe? No, it had been earlier than that, because your mom, so... No, my mother was born in 54. So you're looking at 30s or 40s, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that definitely wasn't the case. There wasn't... uh, Women who worked were women who couldn't get any better. You know what I mean? Right. Um, On the same token, though, I think what I fell into is that this was a situation my grandmother could have worked through and made work, and she just, from the very beginning, um, was done with it from day one. So it just caused a lot of issues for them, and it reflected on my mom and her sister as well growing up. They had to deal with a lot because of what my grandmother was not willing to deal with. Yeah, but I, I don't know how much of that is, you know, your mom. I don't know. I don't want to bring up your mom and, and all of them in, into that. But because I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to talk about like a specific case study and break it right. down. No, right. I brought like, it up as an example. Yeah. And as an, and I would say that there's there's layers to that conversation and variables that need to be taken into account if you're going to make a judgment call there. And I, I don't want to make a judgment call because I never met the lady and I don't know her. But um I will say that, you know, from, again, sweeping generalities across relationships, at least the relationships we've been in around and have seen firsthand, and I'm sure a counselor who's seen hundreds of thousands of them will probably have a vastly differing opinion depending on where they fall in the, um, you know, I don't want to say spectrum because that sounds bad, but in the, um, you know, on their worldview, But I think a lot of people struggle um, because they haven't done the work beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. They built a house on a shitty foundation, and that foundation is now crumbling because it took a hit from flood water or an earthquake or whatever analogy you want to use. And now they're trying to keep this house up, and it gets to a point where they're like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. it. Just burn it to Mm -hmm. the ground, and I'll build a different one. Um, Again, the argument is always that you should have worked on that relationship beforehand. And those are things yes. that weren't taught, um, definitely weren't taught to my generation. I would argue weren't taught to my parents' generation. I don't think there was things that were ever really taught. It was just people did it by example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you grew up in a house that had um, stable, loving parents and they dedicated their lives to each other, that's what you strove to have when you grew up. Right. Um, and sometimes it wasn't reciprocated, right? Like sometimes you had a shitty, you just had a shitty relationship mm-hmm. because you had a bad person. Like I think you can end up with the wrong person. I'm just not saying that that's usually the case. Usually the case is you didn't put the work in beforehand. Not true work, right? Like going out, right going out to right brunch things. and having a couple of dinners and maybe mm-hmm. having a good night out or a handful of good nights out doesn't constitute the true courting nature that needs to be part of a relationship of talking and really getting to know the person across the table mm-hmm. from you and 
tr being truthful and genuine from both sides of the fence because we've talked about this before is women are just as deceptive as men are Absolutely. in a lot so. of relationships like mm -hmm. they will lie through their fucking teeth to try yes. to impress somebody because they want the honeypot you know of course. Um, but in reality like that's not how you build it you're, you're looking at it the wrong way right mm -hmm. um, and some of it comes from immaturity and some of it comes from not being comfortable in your own skin and a lot of all of that stuff but you know we're digressing significantly from the topic of conversation but I think it all links together right like yep. I think it truly does like if if you so I'd say probably a decade ago right when we were really struggling and life really sucked mm -hmm. um, our answer wasn't oh well I guess this isn't going to work out right it, well, no. that never occurred never to us no. like the uh, conversation was how do we fix this? Too? Okay, what are, what are we gonna do now, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the attitude and mindset you need to have. Now, it can't be carried by one side. It's got to be carried both. by both. Both mm -hmm. people have to be invested in the fight. And if both aren't invested in that fight and trying to fix it, then either a you need to go see somebody and get it, get that part fixed, mm -hmm. or you gotta call it. And again, there's nothing wrong with divorce, but if the goal is to have a long-standing marriage you've got to put the work in to get it there and mm -hmm. finances are just part of it, yeah. right? So what about some practical advice? If somebody's having financial issues, right? We went from a dual income house or single income house to a dual income house to a single income house again, mm -hmm. um, just with different people in different positions. What advice would you, you're the budget queen, right? Because if, if I was in charge of it, we'd have a really nice TV and no power, right? <laughs> um, so what would some practical advice would you have for people who are entering or on the precipice of or already in a, fi a financial issue that's putting a lot of strain on their marriage where do they start that conversation uh well first off with each other how um you've got to be willing to sit down and uh have the hard talk okay look we don't have the same money that we had we have to look at what we've got and how we're going to split this up from now on and we need to make a list of priorities on what needs to get paid first and what gets paid last because what gets paid last may not get paid sometimes and we're going to have to figure out how to make that work or be okay with that and you talk about cutting back on frivolous spending like going out to eat or renting movies going to see movies people don't rent movies anymore i have just aged myself a lot right there um and uh then I would seek out either somebody you know that's been in a financial, like if you've got friends that are in the finance line of work, because uh, we've had some people like that in our life, or go speak with a professional. A lot of financial advisors will do early consultants or early consultations, excuse me, for free. Um, and even then it's a low cost and it's worth it to get your stuff in order if you're not sure how to figure that stuff out yourself. I, I would argue that there's a, there's another layer to this, right? Like, or there's even something, there's, there's tons of resources on YouTube Oh, absolutely. on how to do this for free. If you don't want to hire somebody now, mm -hmm. hiring somebody's always an option and it's probably a good option, especially if you don't know what, where's going wrong. Right. So things that we did. We sat down and we, she's an, she's an Excel spreadsheet nerd. So she built an Excel spreadsheet 
dollar by dollar, every single dollar that came out for a month, and we tallied every single one, and we came to the realization that we were spending a pretty good chunk of money, and we had no idea really where it was going. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that it was a pack of bubblegum here, a coffee there, a soda at the gas station here, a this at there, and just all these little tiny five dollar here, two dollars there, but ten dollars there. But when you're spending that two dollars or three dollars, right. it means a lot when you see what it adds up. And to. that's my point: is it adds up and snowballs, right? right? Well, and then also we looked at it and we were paying uh, at the time it was five dollars for Netflix here and mm-hmm. on and. $10 for a phone line here and like all this extra stuff that we never used. We never used the house phone that we were paying for. We never used the cable that we were paying for. Right. The only thing we ever really used was the Netflix. So, so we, we just got rid of everything that we mm-hmm. didn't use and just we took a very minimalistic idea mm-hmm. to our spending, right? Yes. And we got surgical with it and we cut out every and I mean we cut out everything. We didn't go grocery we the only food that came in the house was from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. The, we didn't order out anymore. We didn't go to pizza. We didn't have pizza nights anymore. We didn't have, like, so much so that we learned how to bake bread because we could get three loaves, of do- three loaves of bread for 75 cents versus three loaves of bread for six bucks because it's like $1.25 or whatever per loaf, right? Mm-hmm. And we were going through a significant amount of bread because we have six As people kids. in our house, right? <laughs> so... It's, it's that level of surgical accuracy that you need to get into when you're looking at, okay, I'm living outside my means and I don't know how, and it's causing stress in my life. And I think or, that's the biggest part where it falls apart is people living outside of their means yeah. and not realizing where their means are so that they can adjust them. And that's, that's my point. That's, I guess that's the, the answer to the question that I was, or that I was posing the answer to the question that you just posed, which was... Mm-hmm. Why don't we have any money? I, you know, super important, especially if you're coming up upon a time where you know you're going to be lean, right? Like, I know I'm going to be, well, having another baby is definitely one, but I was thinking more along the line of, I know I'm going to be laid off from my job in a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks. So what, let's get our house in order now so that we can prepare for that inevitability. Mm -hmm. Or it's likely that we may have a shakeup in my industry and we're going to be short or my job just got written off uh due to some never mind I'm not going to go into that but my job is now gone the one that I was hoping to depend on for 6 years so how do we how do we as a family prepare for that and what do we look for leaning forward and i think that's the answer is right is figure out what your absolute no shit i have to pay these bills right mm-hmm. And it's the the five things that keep every single human being alive. Yeah. Food, water, heat, and shelter, right? Mm-hmm. So if if I've got, can we make our clothes stretch, right? Can I, do I need to buy new clothes? No. You probably have ample enough clothing in your house to get you through the next year, probably two, right? Um, can I... What do, what do I absolutely have to pay for my mortgage and can I overpay it to get myself ahead mm-hmm. or can I, do I have to defer? Uh, again, that's a worst case scenario. You don't typically want to do that, but if you have to, it's there if you're capable. And, or in our case, yeah. we have downsized significantly. Right. Or can I get into a smaller mm-hmm. house, a smaller place? Do I sell my house now, get a smaller house mm-hmm. with a lower mortgage payment 
yep. right? And then cushion my emergency a little bit, right? And then you start breaking apart your grocery budget. You start breaking mm -hmm. apart your, your, you know. Learn how to coupon. Piece by piece by piece by piece is take it apart and go, okay, what is it I absolutely have to make in order for us to survive and start thriving, right? Yep. Because until you get to the point where you're surviving, you can't really start to learn how to thrive. And you can't learn how to thrive until you learn how to manage what you already have. And if you've made some obligations that maybe you're not capable of with of upholding, you need to, address you need to readjust your, mm -hmm. your lifestyle and your decisions to get to a point where you can survive past that. And Again, it's answering those. It's answering those questions, and hopefully, your partner sitting across the table from you is willing to make those sacrifices right. um, alongside you. Um, and it needs to be done together. This can't be yeah. one person is setting this all up. You can't walk to the table and be like, "All right, honey, check it out. Yeah. Uh, we're cutting back uh, your nail appointments, your hair appointments. Uh, I'm getting rid of all these things that you." like to do because they cost us extra money and they're not required for our lifestyle. That's not going to fly, right? Because there may be some things that she sees or he sees as non-negotiable. I'm speaking from a male's point of view, right? With the hair and the nails and stuff. Though if men like getting their hair and nails done too, yeah, whatever, more power to you. But my point is that it's got to be communicative, right? Mm -hmm. Because there may be things that they are not, they don't see as, um, able to be cut that you do because they're not important to you, but they are important to them. Right. But then that conversation needs to be had of, look, this is where we're, this is where we're going. And this is where life is head taking us right now. Um, and I want to get ahead of it and I want to fix it. Right. And I think the number one thing is not beholden to anybody outside of your home. I try not to owe anybody money ever. Yep. Right. Um, I use credit cards simply as a means to maintain my credit card, my my credit score, credit right? Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily use it to buy things. I don't like borrowing things from other people, and that includes money and any form of credit. So you have to learn how to not spend money you don't have. Right. Don't use credit cards unless it's an emergency. Don't you you buy with cash or what's in your bank account? You don't write checks for money that's not in the bank. I I would even argue that you shouldn't use credit cards even in the case of an emergency, mm -hmm. right? Um, because at that point. All that says to me is you didn't plan well enough ahead of time. Correct. If you don't have the capital on hand to cover the emergency, you, you didn't think far enough ahead. Now, does that mean that you should let it ruin you? No. But understand that you learned from that lesson mm -hmm. and not let it repeat, right? Right. So, oh shit, I'm in over my head. I have to use this credit card to get me through this. But don't use that as a crutch. And a lot of people do. They do. Mm -hmm. They take that and they go, oh... Well, it saved me last time. I can get through with it now. Don't expect that windfall to always be there for you because there's going to be that time when you needed it, you used it, and then immediately right around the corner comes another one, and now you don't have it anymore, and now you have to face the music. Yep. When three times ago when this happened, you could have avoided this in the first place by just packing a little bit of money away. Yep. I promise you, nine times out of ten, I would say 99.8% of the population has discretionary funds that they spend, have no idea what they spend them on, and yep. don't know where they go. Absolutely. And if that money was instead going to a credit card, or not a credit card, but a savings a account, savings account mm -hmm. that has compounding interest. Now, it's not going to be a lot nowadays because rates are really low, but you get a compounding interest credit or savings account and you start putting, 
even if it's 20 bucks, it doesn't matter, like some, t some bit of money in there, over time, because you're not gonna miss the $20, the $100, the whatever your budget allows, now I get it, there's some people who live super lean, Right, mm -hmm. and they just they're Even barely making it. Even if only five bucks right. is what you have per paycheck to tuck somewhere, you right. need to be tucking that five dollars. It adds up, and you need to make that a habit. The even better idea mm -hmm. is take that five dollars you would have been saving and overpay something mm -hmm. that is costing you a bill. Right? How many of you out there have are paying monthly for your cell phone? How many out there are yeah. paying? over your minimum credit card payment. How many people out there are paying over your mortgage payment, right? Mm -hmm. If you're barely making it paycheck to paycheck, you can't you don't have the ability to withstand a an emergency and you need to figure out how to cover that and you yep. you've got to get ahead of it and take that figure out where those discretionary funds are going mm -hmm. and start applying them to something. Start small, right? Uh, mm -hmm. pick a bill that's, you know, 60 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Pay it off. Now take that $60 that you would normally pay and then pay something else off, right? And then just start snowballing that until you can walk away without credit. It's going to be hard. It's not easy, but it can be done. And that's exactly what we did. We started, we picked the smallest. We went through your entire credit report and we picked the smallest thing that was on there. And when we had extra money one month, we sent an extra check. And now we're to a point where we overpay both of our car payments. Mm -hmm. We overpay just about everything that it's possible for me to overpay we overpay so that if there's ever a month where for some reason we have an emergency we can't cover something we don't have to and by the way the only reason we have car payments is because one we outgrew our other car mm -hmm. and two my car took a shit so i had to get a new car we but, had no car payments for yeah. a while yeah and that was the that, that was, was the, the goal, goal right mm -hmm. and it's still the goal and we're, we'll get back there so like i said it's, it's not that you can't it's just you shouldn't and we thought, well, I, I drove that car for a long time, four years longer than I should have, um, because I just refused to get another car payment. It was and, nice not having a car payment. And then yeah. when I finally had to take one, I had to take one. But hey, either way, what it is, is it starts with the same place it always does, is sitting down and having that conversation and pulling out of the person at the table, getting their point of view, talking to them, and coming up with a no-shit, step-by-step battle plan on how you're going to get it right so that it doesn't become a problem in the future. And... Fellas, even if you can't afford it, make a date night. Mm -hmm. Make a date night. And ladies, even if you don't want to, make him breakfast. Right? It's stupid little things that you think don't mean anything mm -hmm. that will literally change your relationship overnight. It's literally the most important thing that you can ever do is invest in your relationship because those will be returns you will never regret. Mm-hmm. Anything else, lover? No, I could go on for hours about money. I know you can. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please feel free to reach out on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions on our next topic. See you next week.